familiar story. Hear it tonight as if you're hearing it for the first time. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and whom, who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There was an old warning that mothers used to give their daughters. They would say, don't ever marry a Methodist preacher because if you do, all you'll ever have are books and babies. Maybe somebody should have warned Tammy about that 26 years ago. Uh, but, you know, I might add to that, books and babies and boxes because you have to move around from time to time. I got to thinking about it and... Um, if I figured this up right in my head, over the last 26 years, we have lived in nine different places. And moving around that much, I've learned something. I've learned this. Home is where you make it. Home is what you, you make with the people that you love, be it fancy or humble. You make home with the people that you love. You can build a house, but you make a home with those that you love. So I was thinking about this when I read the Christmas story this year. Um, I was thinking about how Joseph and Mary had to move around some too, at least in the beginning. They had to leave Nazareth and go to Bethlehem, about a three-day journey with Mary nine months pregnant, all because Caesar Augustus had, had passed a new tax reform bill and it involved traveling to your hometown so that you could be part of the census and you could register so that you could pay your taxes. And so Joseph was from the house of David, and Mary was also from the house of David, so 
Bethlehem was where they had to go. Their first home together wasn't a home at all. It was not even meant for people to stay in. It was an animal stable. Jesus' first crib was a manger. So then Joseph and Mary had to go back to Nazareth and make their home there. Now, Nazareth was a humble town. It was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Pastor Andy reminded us yesterday that Nazareth was about the size of Ball Play, Alabama. I wonder if they had beans and greens back in Nazareth. But it was such a, such a podunk kind of town that to be called uh, a Nazarene was almost like being called a redneck. It was like you're from, from nowhere still. Uh, but that's where, that's where Jesus grew up, and that's, that's what he was known as. He was known as Jesus of Nazareth. He was proud of that. So they were made their home in Nazareth. And don't forget, though, don't forget that there was a time that they had to run away and they had to flee to Egypt. They had to flee to Egypt when Jesus was about two years old. Uh, the, remember the story? The Magi came, came looking for the new king. They'd been following the star. Now, I know we, we enjoy thinking about the Magi coming to the stable, and, and everybody's manger scene has the Magi there, but actually... They, they came to his house, and uh, Jesus was about two years old. And we know that because of, of when the Magi came, they stopped by, and, and they asked um, Herod, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We've seen his star, and we have come to worship him. And Herod said, well, you know, I don't know, but when you find him, come back and tell me, because I want to worship him too. But they were warned in the dream that Herod was lying to them and they should go home another way. And so they did. And then after that, Herod figured out that the Magi weren't coming back. And he gave an order that all of the baby boys, two years old and younger, were to be killed. And an angel warned Joseph in a dream and said, get up and take this child and his mother and go to Egypt. And so they fled and they made their home in Egypt. They lived there until Herod died. We're not exactly sure how long they were in Egypt, but however long it was, while they were in Egypt, Egypt was home because home is where you make it with the people that you love. And they finally got to go back to Nazareth, and Jesus spent most of his, his younger years right there in Nazareth. And then Jesus turned about 30 years old, and he left home. And he was on the road all the time. He, he just stayed wherever he was welcome. We, we know that because one time a teacher of the law came up to Jesus and said, Hey, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus told the man, he said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So Jesus was willing to make his home to anyone who would open up and give hospitality to him. Maybe because he knew where his real home was. Now, the gospel in a nutshell goes like this. That God is. That God is. I know I can't prove that, that God is. I know that has to be accepted by faith. But I also know that if you don't believe that God is, that has to be accepted by faith too. 
And so you just have to choose. It's a matter of choosing. Do I want to have faith that something is? Or do I want to have faith in nothing? And that Jesus is the living word and that he came from heaven, the word of God made flesh, and that he lived and that he taught and that he died on the cross for our sins. And on the third day he rose from the grave and ascended into heaven where he is seated at God's right hand interceding for us. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and from that point on God has made his home not in a building made with human hands but inside of us. As we say at Easter, you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. But what I'm wondering this Christmas is whether or not we have said to Jesus, make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. I've had the joy to be in several of your homes and you've welcomed me so much and a few of you have said, well, just make yourself at home. But now, I know you didn't really mean that. I, well, you didn't mean I could rearrange the furniture and paint the wall a different color. You didn't mean that I could go to the refrigerator and look through there and throw out anything I didn't like, okay? Not that make yourself at home. Sometimes I think when we invite Jesus into our hearts and say, make yourself at home, we don't really, really mean it either. Because to really, really mean that takes work. It's, it's a lifelong process. Because if I really want Jesus to make himself at home in my heart, he might want to rearrange some things. Like my priorities. He, he might want to add some things. He might want to add like a, a devotional life, a, a prayer life. He might want to add a small group where I can really grow stronger in my faith. If I really mean Jesus, make yourself at home, he might want me to make weekly worship as much of a priority as I do weekly college football. It might get uncomfortable if I really meant that. Jesus, make yourself at home. If I really meant Jesus, make yourself at home, maybe he wouldn't just want to add things Maybe he would want to get rid of some things. He might find an attitude in me that needs to go. He, he might find a prejudice inside my life that needs to go out with the trash. He may want to work on that junk inside of me, the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups that we all have that accumulate in our lives kind of like barnacles on the bottom of a ship. It's hard. It's painful. Because to tell the truth, we like to be in control. And we tend to avoid things that hurt, don't we? And procrastinate when it comes to making changes. But you see, Jesus doesn't just want to be our Savior. He wants to be our Lord. And that means he gets to call the shots. Christmas is a time to celebrate his birthday. And maybe the best gift we could give to Jesus on his birthday is to let him do a spiritual makeover inside of us. Something that he's been wanting to do for a long time. As we come to 
the table tonight. As we remember tonight the price that had to be paid so that he could make his home inside of us. I want you to join me in just saying this simple prayer as we come and receive. Lord, make yourself at home in me. Really. Let's pray. How thankful we are, Lord. How thankful we are to be celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior. Help us, Lord, to, like Mary, ponder these things in our heart. Make yourself at home in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say a word or two in, in, in the way of instructions um, as we come for our communion. Uh, first, let me remind everyone here that all are welcome and all are invited to participate and to receive Holy Communion. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a member of any church. All you have to do is have a heart that's hungry for God. So we have open communion, and we want to serve everyone who wants to come. Uh, we're going to have uh, four stations. We'll have one in front of each section. And uh, you'll be instructed by the ushers on, on how to come by and how, and how to return to your seat. Uh, we will receive communion by intinction, and that means that when you come, if you'll cuff your hands like this, you'll be given a, a little piece of bread. And just dip the tip of that bread down into uh, the grape juice and then eat that um, and then return to your seat. If you want to, after, after you come and receive the elements, if you want to come to the altar and kneel down and pray for a while, then feel free to do that. If, uh, again, if you have an offering that you'd like to leave on the altar rail, uh, then all of that money will, become, uh, will go to our local um, mission fund. So now, hear this invitation.
the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. He returned thanks to the Father and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Gracious God, we know that we come to this table and we are unworthy even to gather up the crumbs underneath the table. And yet you invite us to come. So we ask as we come that you would forgive us from where we failed you. Forgive us for the things that we have done we should not have. And forgive us for the things we've left undone that we should have. Heal the broken places in our lives, O oh God, as we come. Do the work inside of us that only you can do. And pour out your spirit on us, Lord, as we gather here out of love for you. And pour out your spirit on these gifts of bread and wine. May they be the body and blood of Christ, even as we are the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with each other, one with you, and one in ministry to all the world as we depart from this place. Until you come again, and until we feast at your heavenly banquet, we remember and we say thank you.